0: It's afternoon, I am out in Malibu or Santa Monica Mountains or something like that. I don't know, there's mountains in the background. I'm just taking a day to think, reflect, think about the last year, what I've learned, how I can improve for the next year. And in this video, I'm gonna share with you some of the lessons that I took away from the experiences I had. And if you watch the end of this video, I have a gift that I'm gonna give to you that I think will be very useful to you going into 2023. So the very first lesson that I will share relationships can help you make more money. I tripled my business going into this year compared to last year, a little bit more than tripled how much money I was able to make and keep. I had a girlfriend this year. Previous year, I was pretty much running the same business, had pretty good mentorship. I had a house in the Hollywood Hills. I was kind of more involved in like hookup culture and casual relationships. But this year I had one committed partner made a lot more money. So obviously, it's a year older, but I think it it does make it possible. I think that you don't have to obviously there's a lot of people who are single who do fine But I found at least this year, you know having chloe around was really good because it allowed me to focus more It it honestly makes me feel a lot more confident knowing that I have someone that like really believes in me And is like a number one supporter, you know takes care of other parts of the life that we have started building together, Um, although we're obviously not like we've only been dating for about a year. It's become a very symbiotic, mutually beneficial thing. Lesson number two is to collaborate with winners who have won more than you. So, one thing that I've really messed up in the past that I finally felt like I started executing on this year was in the past, you know, being uh, someone who's a really big fan of Tim Ferriss and like four hour work week, I always thought that like delegating and hiring, you know, as few people as possible was kind of the best way to go. But more recently, I decided to start building a team because I realized that I wanted to build something bigger. In the past what I would do is I thought that I was the best at every part of my business and so every person that I hired I would have to like teach them how to do things when in reality that's just not the best thing to do. The best thing to do I've found uh, this year is to hire people who have far more experience than you at the specific skill sets for the specific parts of your business. So, you know, rather than h- hiring someone for a sales position, who's never done sales, but maybe I don't know, you just like them, and then you have to train them, it's better to hire someone who has like tons and tons of sales experience, you know, you don't really have to teach. In fact, they can probably teach you. So I've done that for a number of different positions in my business and kind of goes back to number f- number one as well. Like I have a girlfriend who's better at me than a lot of things. And because of that, we aren't like butting heads and we think differently and we're able to really collaborate well. So ultimately, that second lesson is like realizing that, you know, you have to put your ego aside and as a founder of a company and be like, okay, I'm not the best at everything. There's people that are way better than me at X, Y, and Z, and you need to bring them in so that they can fill those roles uh, for you. A third one, and this is something I've been learning later on in the year, is that building a business doesn't mean that you don't have a job. Like, I think a lot of beginning entrepreneurs think that when you're building a company or building a business, it's like, oh, you don't want a nine to five, like whatever you actually when you're building a real company, you you do actually have a job, you actually have multiple jobs, perhaps more than one job. And it's it's funny, it's like, I'm thinking like, you know, some of my the people on my team, I'm like, damn, they have it pretty good like, they only have one role to fulfill, and they get paid this amount. Whereas I have to worry about literally every single part of the business, and I now have like 15 people on my team to manage while doing all the other roles that I have to fulfill in the company, I started to realize like, huh, like I know like I didn't want a job, but I basically just am creating a job for myself. Now, obviously, eventually, when you're building a business, you have the potential to like sell that business. You know, you have more freedom long-term, but uh, in the in the meantime, like you definitely have to like show up to meetings, have specific work hours. Like y- you have tasks that you have to do. Um, and so it's, it's funny, it's like a little delusion that I think a lot of entrepreneurs have thinking that they don't have to work a job, but like you are working a job, you're just creating the job. Uh, Lesson number four is that this. I guess this goes back to lesson number one is that there are good girls in the world, they do exist. Not every girl is perfect. But at least I found there's kind of like differences in the types of girls out there. And a lot of it comes down to how that girl was raised. There doesn't mean that every girl that has a great family is good. But it also doesn't mean every girl that doesn't come from a great family is bad. However, what I have found is that there definitely is a pattern like girls that come from uh, a strong family who sees each other often who maybe rather than hanging out with friends that they met in school or college or whatever they'd rather hang out with their cousins i've just found i mean at least with with my girlfriend that's a a pretty good indicator like good family good values these girls exist you just have to become worthy of of deserving it and also being humble enough to admit to yourself that you actually want a relationship for a long time I thought that I wanted a relationship. I was just optimizing for essentially for hookup culture. Like I was just thinking in my mind, like, oh, I need like to have as many hot girlfriends as possible. And then eventually like I'll, I'll find a girl that I love hooking up with so much that, you know, I'll, I'll make her my girlfriend when it's actually, you have to start from the intention. And I, I learned this from a friend who actually got married this year. He's like, you have to be very intentional with what you're looking for. And I said, oh, okay. So rather than thinking, you know, I'm going to hook up with a lot of girls and then the 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 girlfriend is going to pop through. That's a completely incorrect mindset. And so many like dating and hook dating, dating and hookup coaches, they are hookup coaches, that's kind of what they are. Uh, So many dating coaches get that wrong. So much advice out there is wrong where they're like, oh, yeah, you just need to date a lot of girls. And then eventually you'll find the one. No, (laughs) you have to set an intention about the girl that you want. And while obviously dating around, Like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna find more options that you might like, but you need to, you need to scratch that idea that you need to like hook up with lots of girls and instead just tell yourself, you know, I just, I need to set the intention that I am ready and willing to accept a life partner if that person is put in front of me and here are the qualities that I'm looking for. Okay, and here's what I want my relationship to look like. And then when you get into that relationship, you need to maintain it and develop it and and work on it over time with your partner. And hopefully you you've uh, attracted someone that uh, is interested in like working on the relationship. Lesson number five, religions are more useful than harmful. They create tradition, and they bring family together. I definitely used to be someone that thought I was actually a pretty staunch like atheist. I was like very into like Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins. And around the time I turned, I would say like 1920, I started reading Eckhart Tolle. And I started understanding that all religions are a a lot more metaphysical and spiritual, but I'm still not really into the whole religion idea. Meeting my girlfriend's family who's Jewish, they practice the religion and they see their family like every single Friday for Shabbat. I started noticing like, huh. Like, a lot of family, families who have religion and even societies that follow religion are very structured. Because of the religion, the families stay together because the religion provides structure. I, I'm seeing a lot of benefits now even to following, like, what the religions tell you to do because it's, as I talk a lot about, like, having a tribe, like, religion brings people together and i think that's important lesson number six there are two types of activities there are creative activities or activities that bring you energy and fill you up and there are activities that you can do that are energy draining or that burn fuel. And so for example, what I'm doing right now, this is a creative activity. This is an energy giving, this is a a fueling activity, this fuels up my tank. While there are these two types of energies, you need to do both. Uh, Another type of energy, the other type of energy, which is energy burning or fuel burning, for me, at least are like operations, accounting, people managing, finance related things, anything like that is going to be energy draining. What I've learned is that like I tend to forget to do the creative things like this, because I'm always doing the like, you can't really if you're running a business, you can't avoid the energy burning stuff, because you have to burn, you know, you have to manage your team, you have to do finance stuff, you have to do account like you, you can't avoid all of those tasks, but you don't necessarily have to create. In fact, like my problem this year was I got to a point where I had created so much content on the internet, I could kind of like live off of it, I could kind of live off previous energy that I'd created. But I started to notice like, not that the the system itself was breaking, but that I was breaking making content like this is so rejuvenating to me. And it's so fulfilling that if I don't do it, I I can't, operate like I melt I burn out like this gives me energy this gives me fuel and without it I crash and therefore the business crashes uh, because then I can't do the other stuff that's required that's been super interesting that comes with like knowing yourself so you know I'd recommend like trying to figure out like what activities that you do give you energy and don't do those a lot of times sorry and do more of those and oftentimes those are like creative things like art or video making or podcasting or you know, something where you're being creative. Lesson number seven is to do your due diligence on any type of relationship that you're entering, whether that is a business relationship, a friendship, or a romantic relationship. Um, I actually think I did a relatively good job, better as the year progressed for sure, of doing this. Um, But basically what you do is like when you're thinking about getting close with someone, business, friendship, relationship, you have to audit the people around you and like their circle, you have to ask the people that you're potentially becoming friends with, you have to ask their friends what they think of them or the people that they've previously been around what they think of them. So as an example, let's say you're gonna be getting into business with someone. See if you can get in contact with every person that person's done business with before or friends or relationships or whatever and ask them to build you a case about why they would and why they wouldn't do business with this person. If you're thinking about getting to a romantic relationship, I would ask if you can talk to the friends or the relatives of the person that you're considering dating. Ask them like, you know, what has this person's past relationships been like? How do they treat you? How are they kind of like respected in the in the friend group or in the family? And get to know these things over time. That will ultimately help you choose the right people. And it will also, I think another thing that's really important, especially on the business side, don't believe all the hype that someone tells you about themselves. Someone says they have you know, this XYZ resource that's gonna make you a ton of money together, audit the resource, right? You saw what just happened with FTX. Uh, Binance went in and like audited the company essentially and looked at their books and realized they were just fraudulent. And so they decided not to go through with like the buyout or whatever they were gonna do. Uh, Similarly, let's say someone has a ton of followers and like you think that doing business with them is gonna make you money because their followers are gonna be worth a lot of money. See if they can show you proof that their followers are worth a lot of money. People can buy followers these days. People can maybe have had a following from five years ago that now they don't really care what they do. You know, audit every part of a person's words that they tell you and and value that they say that they bring. Number eight, love does exist, but you first have to develop yourself. uh, And you have to figure out if A, you're more of a narcissistic personality or B, more of a people pleaser personality. Let's say you're more of a narcissist. A narcissist tends to not trust uh, people as much. A narcissist tends to be a little bit more afraid of being alone. Or as a people pleaser, pleaser trust other people far too much And a people pleaser, they can spend time alone perfectly fine. They trust themselves so much. They see so much good coming from themselves. They overcompensate by trusting other people too much without auditing them and without understanding if they are who they say they are. And so the solution is basically to practice. There's some specific things you can do, but let's say you're more of a narcissist type. Try to spend more time on your own. Allow other people to show that there's good in them. Start to stack up experiences where people, you trusted people to do something and they did it versus if you're more of a people pleaser, start to start to have start to build up a you know a, a, an array of experiences where you essentially what i was talking about in the previous point of like Auditing people before you get to a relationship. Like, don't be so trusting and also start to trust yourself a lot more because often what a people pleaser does, they relinquish their own confidence and their own ideas because they think somebody else knows it better because they say they're the best of something. I will trust someone else rather than trusting myself. But more recently, I've started to be like, you know what? I'm amazing. I have amazing ideas. I don't need necessarily someone's opinion every time. I can take someone's opinion, listen to it, but I can also, no matter how much they've accomplished, kind of audit it against my own own gut and my own you know experiences my own belief that has been you know very profitable for me for sure. Number nine is to understand what motivates you and to keep looking for new angles to motivate yourself. Patrick McDavid has a personality quiz on his website which I'd recommend checking out. All of the greatest thinkers from Aristotle to even modern day like self-help people will say like get to know yourself and I truly think like knowing yourself is a lifelong exploration and it's exciting to always try to get to know yourself more and the more you do know yourself and what motivates you, the better. So taking personality assessments, I've recommended before the Gallup Strengths assessment. Uh, obviously, like the whole ENTJ stuff is important, but if you don't know what motivates you, it's going to be hard to stay motivated. And if you do know what motivates you, you'll know the actions that you have to repeatedly take to stay, you know, optimized and to stay completely motivated. Number 10, play life like chess. Think multiple moves ahead. Every time this year that I haven't thought multiple moves ahead and I've just gone off impulse, most of the time it hasn't worked out that well. Whereas if I've been strategic and I have thought, okay, even if this doesn't work. Here's my next move. If this happens, I do A. If this happens as a result of my action, I do B. And I think about that like 15, 20 moves in advance. Uh, I still know I'm going to win. You know, I recommend like, like I talked about this. I've talked about this on my channel for years, but like setting goals with the end in mind. So thinking, you know, a hundred years from now, what do I want to have accomplished? Seeing if you can plan, like not just your next move but the next the moves for the next year like even like the next 15 months what's what are you going to do each month business wise relationship wise etc number 11 when you build something start small listen to customers and aim to get to a point where what you've built is timeless and will always be useful so i always knew that as you're building a product you have to listen to your customers and i do think it's kind of a never-ending process but what i found recently is like it kind of gets to a point if you get really good at building a course or a product or whatever business you're doing where if you really listen to your customers You can build a super sustainable product. You know, I've seen that like there's some products that designed years ago that are still relevant today. And that's kind of what I've aspired to do and feel I've accomplished this year. For example, I built Maxi in 2019, 2020 actually. And like, I haven't like worked on it so diligently and listened to my customer's feedback to to create it. Almost 2023. And like, I haven't made a lot of changes to the actual program itself for like two years. That's pretty cool because, you know, I, I, follow the process of listening to customers so much that ultimately, you know, I got to a place where it was just so good that no one complains. And there's always ways to make it better, of course. But you know, it's right now it's, it's a pretty good point. Same with Tribe Accelerator. Like I've been building transformation courses and helping people with social advice for the last like three years or so. And when I built Tribe, I really truly sat down and I was like, okay, I've listened to enough customer feedback where I believe I can create a product that will be relevant five years from now and honestly that's what i was aiming for when i built it but i think that it'll be relevant like forever because the principles in it are truly timeless and it's such an amazing product honestly like if you're watching this video and you're not in tribe accelerator how are you not inside tribe accelerator yet last lesson here 12 you must always revisit meditation and or prayer. Yes, meditation does have a ramping effect. When you first start doing it, it's difficult. You have different thoughts popping in and out, but then it does get to a point over time where your consciousness is like raising, where you're conscious most of the day. The moment you wake up, you feel you kind of have a connection to yourself, to the higher power, whatever you want to call it. I find that doing that, you know, over time, you can feel like you don't need to do it anymore. Truthfully, like you have to always take time for silence. And I've found that like every day that I meditate for at least like, Thirty minutes. Day is so much better. Uh, I want to strive for in 2023 probably to meditate for about an hour a day, even if it's in like ten-minute spurts, like ten minutes here, ten minutes later in the day, ten minutes here, ten minutes before bed. If I do that, you know, I'll be listening to kind of the the muse. Then I think 2023 will be a great year. So I hope you enjoyed this video. Now let me get to the three things I want you to do and the gift that I promised you. First one, I want you to subscribe to this channel and then queue up another video to watch. Hit the like button, subscribe if you're new here. Number two, I want you to schedule time to write down the lessons that you learned this year, kind of like I did. And number three, I want you to DM me on Instagram the word lessons, and that will let me know that you watched this video all the way to the end. You know, engage in a conversation with you, see if I can offer you some value, and ultimately help you out. Have a great day. And what should I say to end these videos? What did I used to say? I'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. was what I always used to say, but I'm not doing... Maybe I'll do weekly. What should I do? Weekly? Weekly's good. I'll see you next week, Monday at 8 a.m. Sunday at 8 a.m.? I'll see you next Sunday at 8 a.m. That rolls off the tongue. That's nice. 2023, every Sunday, a video on this channel would be pretty cool. I like that. All right.